0: Hey, 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 everybody. Today I've for you podcast number 020, also known as 20. Today's podcast is titled The Unlimited. (laughs) Everybody, welcome back to this week's edition of your weekly Limitless Life Network podcast. And this week's episode on the Limitless Life Network podcast is entitled The Unlimited. And I'm Dr. Pete Lombardi, and this is the Limitless Life Network podcast where we flesh out the limitations that are preventing you from reaching your goals and living the life that you deserve. And this podcast is for you if you want to live a life with less limitations and more freedom with a healthier mind, body, and spirit. So today's podcast is going to be a little different than uh, some of the previous ones, and I hope you like it. Um, if you don't, uh, maybe you can comment and let me know. Uh, if you are enjoying the podcast, uh, be sure to, you know, uh like, follow, share, share it with friends. You know, uh, the more that we get this out there, I think the better. Um, I know there's a lot of people out there that put a lot of limitations on their life and and could benefit from the content that we uh, we have here. So, you know, last week's episode was a huge hit, uh, interviewing my son, uh, Nathan, and uh, yeah, people really responded well to that. So uh, if you haven't seen that episode, check it out. So that was a really good one. Um anyway so today's episode really is I think a um I think it's a really helpful one at least the 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 content, content that I'm planning to share today uh because it really speaks to the name of this podcast which is limitless and uh the the title being the unlimited and I, I've been doing a lot of reading in, in, the, in the beginning of this year a lot more than than usual I think um, uh, and oftentimes this is the time of year when I do read more because I'm inside more. But uh, my wife gave me a, a book uh for Christmas. It seems like I got a couple of books for Christmas, and they've both been uh home runs. And uh this book is uh this book is interesting. It's kind of a devotional book. So you read a page a day, and um uh, I think it's called The Mysteries or Life's Mysteries or something like that. Um, anyways, very, very good. Uh, so far I'm 10 days into it and I absolutely love it. So a couple of things I'm going to share with you just cause they're really, um, uplifting points, uh, helpful points. And, uh, and I, and I think, uh, I think I've, I've taken away a ton from it. So I got, I got a few notes to read, but, uh, the first one It's really, uh, you know, I just pulled this one out of there and kind of gave it my own title, which is uh, it's singular versus plural, and singular versus plural. uh, In this book, there they talk about um, the Hebrew word shemayim, and shemayim is Hebrew for heaven, and the Hebrew for earth is aretz, a r e t z. So. Shemaim is heaven and eretz is earth. So heaven and earth. And uh anything in Hebrew that ends with the word, the letters i m uh, indicates that that word is a plural. So it would really be translated heavens. Uh so being heaven being the plural and earth being singular. So from that you could uh you could say the uh, the earthly versus the heavenly, uh, or the heaven. The, yeah, the earthly versus the heavenly, the singular versus the plural, and singular indicates that there are limits. It's limited. It's finite. Uh, it has uh, you know uh, possessions fall under that category. So no matter how many earthly possessions that you have. Um it can never really totally fill you or make you feel complete and and i and i i 'm not saying that that it's bad to have earthly possessions don't take it that way um I know some people will um and then there's other people that 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 um are gonna kind of miss this point, but hopefully you don't it it really is about being complete and being filled. So think about things that have limitations and how it's just kind of a disappointment. You're you're wishing that there was more to it because it's just it's got a limit to it. Um, and a, a fight a life focused on the the limited is a life with limitations. Um, only that which is spiritual, the infinite, can fill our heart fully. So think that's I'm going to hit on that a little bit more, but the suggestion is to fill your heart with that which is heavenly and spiritual because there there are no limitations. So what does that really mean when it, when it all comes down to it like how do you fill your heart with all that stuff? So how do you fill your heart with something that's heavenly and limitless versus filling your heart with earthly desires and earthly things that have limitations to them. And and I can think of a, you know, some concrete examples, at least for me, that I know there have been times in my life when my heart could have not been any more full. And I think about seeing my first child born. My heart was overwhelmed with joy, overwhelmed with love. You look into a, a newborn baby's eyes, especially your very firstborn. Not that they're that you love them anymore, but it's that first opportunity to see your first offspring. And it's a miracle. I mean, it's something that is supernatural to see new life come into the world, especially your own offspring. And to to see that, it just fills you because it's nothing that that you you really could do on your own. There had to have been something else. A supernatural power. In order for that to even happen, with the amount of order and organization that it takes to make another human being, <clears throat> it's not just a random event. There's an intelligent design to that. Um, so that's an example of living a life without limitations. Because that is that is you. It's a very spiritual moment. It, I don't care who you are. You feel so connected to your own offspring. Um, when you see them born, and you and I, I think you could probably think of some other examples, but I can think of examples in nature where my heart was filled. I remember walking out in the dark and early, early morning to go hunting one time, and it was really, really cold. And uh, for whatever reason, there was some snow on the ground. But as I was walking, there was this crunch and all the bushes were frozen, and they had ice crystals all over them. And as the sun came up in the morning, it was just absolutely magical. It was absolutely beautiful. And my heart was filled. There was no noise. It was just the sun rising, the crunch of the snow. That was the only thing I could hear. There were no other thoughts in my head. And that was filling, right? And that to me was a very spiritual moment because there was nothing else that I was thinking about. There was no earthly things that I was thinking about at that moment. So uh, that's super cool, super good. And uh, I think that'll help you. Number two, point number two is the snake. <laughs> what in the world? I told you this podcast was going to be a little different. Uh, the snake. What about the snake? Well, um, What do we know about snakes? A lot of people don't like them. My wife can't stand snakes. She has a huge aversion to snakes. Um, Snakes are cold-blooded. And uh, cold-blooded animals, um, snakes, what do they do? They slither, right? And they twist when they slither, right? They twist back and forth, back and forth. And snakes have always represented evil, and if you think about that, what have we heard the, the, the coined the phrase of twisting of the truth, right? So that's someone who lies, they twist the truth, they're not, they're not being honest and forthright, that's, that's an evil thing, right? So twisting of the pure, right, that leads to the unpure. So you can, you can see how there's a correlation with this cold-blooded, twisting animal— Uh, focused on evil. um, And it's not the snake itself is evil, but what it represents is evil or the nature of evil is to twist. Evil may have its days, right? And we see that in our lives. Sometimes we think that evil is always going to be there and it's always going to rear its ugly head. And sometimes we feel hopeless when there's evil things going on in the world. I know that um, I have several people that i know that have uh just really felt like where's when is this all going to end this all this evil stuff that's happening and here and there and and that's that's the good news in this in this one is that because snakes are cold-blooded they are limited and they can't sustain right so like on a day like today in central new york it's 26 degrees out right now a snake's not going to do anything today. a snake can't survive forever. right? it, it is it has a, it has limitations, but but we can go out, and we can adapt and we can persevere in weather like this. the snake can't. the snake can't handle this type of weather. it can't do what it what it's intended to do. so um, evil may have its days, but it can endure. its days are numbered. it always fails. The good will always outlast the evil and therefore endure. Keep going on with what is true. Keep standing for what is right. And, uh, you know, we were talking about slavery uh, with a, a couple of people today and how slavery was just a, a period of evil, right? And how is it that that these people uh, thought that that was an okay thing to do, and yet— you know, I'm sure for many of those people, they thought that would never end, uh, and probably some of them didn't want it to end. But you know, slavery has 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 is not gone on off the face of this earth. But in the United States, here we no longer have slavery. Uh, good did triumph over evil. Are there still other awful things happening still? Absolutely, and I do believe that that uh, you know, good will triumph there as well, uh, but we don't know when, right? <clears throat> so be hopeful there, for sure. Uh, number three, and we talked about it a little bit already, we talked about uh, the wilderness. We talked about uh, going out into nature, but the wilderness, um, and, and, and there's a Hebrew word for wilderness called midbar. And Midbar is a place where God is speaking. And if you, if you know anything about uh, the stories of the Bible or the, the books of the Bible, um, God spoke to people in the wilderness. So Moses, he spoke to Moses through the burning bush. He brought the Israelites out into the desert and, and spoke to them there. Um, so in the wilderness, um, when we think about the wilderness, what's out there? and the answer is really not a lot usually <laughs> not a lots going on there's some things going on but like if you go out into a desert what do you see you see some sand you see some rocks but not a lots going on and and so all you can think about is the sun the heat and it's a pretty plain landscape so why in the world would god bring people into the wilderness to speak to them And the answer is because he's trying to speak to us all the time, but we're so distracted. And when you can remove these distractions, then you can actually listen. And that is a very difficult thing today because we have so many distractions. How, how, when was the last time that you had perfect silence and quiet that you could actually, you know, spend some time without any distractions, without your phone buzzing you, without, uh checking an email without somebody interrupting you without some music in the background. I mean, complete silence. When's the last time we did that? Um, And it's, it's not, it's not very often in many people's lives other than maybe when they fall asleep. So um, don't despise the wilderness in your life. Instead, embrace it and listen. So we all have times in our life that seem kind of barren uh, or even difficult, you know, if we lose somebody in our life or we have a tragedy happen or, you know, say you, you just something really went went wrong that you couldn't, you didn't plan or expect. You know, those are times when people are, are in desperate situations. And we just saw that on, on uh, Monday Night Football. Um, we had a, a guy that uh, dropped dead on the field after a tackle and, uh, you know all of a sudden it was okay to pray on national television in an nfl football game you had players on their knees praying for their teammate or their fellow football player wasn't even on their team because they knew it was a it was a desperate situation and they were they were waiting to hear waiting to hear from from something right and god god i think god did a wonderful thing in, in that moment it was it was a beautiful thing to see these all the good that came out of such a such a sad situation such a terrible tragic situation and and thank god this young man is going to have a full recovery from what uh, the experts say so um super super proud of uh, the fact that you know he had uh people to help him but the people that actually prayed for him i think um, need to be recognized as well, uh but just super happy for that family that they're gonna you know and and so the money that was raised for his 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 charity i mean that would have would have never happened if that event didn't happen so um in sometimes in the worst situations in the wilderness when we think like it, things look hopeless a lot God can work that for for an absolute mighty thing, so really, really happy about that um Number four is not from this book, but I think it's really important to talk about this, but this is how we, um, because we're going to talk about operationalizing all of this. Like, how do you, how do you go out and take all this stuff and put it into play in your life? And number four is, is, um, how, how we, how a habit is created in our life. And it's, uh, the uh, acronym CCRR, um, Q, Crave, uh, Response, and Reward. And the example I could give would be if you were to walk into a dark room that you've never been in before, you would try to look around in the dark for a light switch. And if you eventually stumble across that light switch in that room and you flip it on, the light comes on, then you've figured out where that light switch is. Okay, so what happens in our brain? Well, the cue is the room is dark. So your brain recognizes, I need light, I can't see. And your brain thinks, okay, look for a switch. So that's that's the, uh, you know, you, you're craving light, right? The cue is it's dark. The crave is I need light, so I want light. The response is... Now I've got a problem to solve. So I'm going to search around the room, the dark room with my hands and feeling and being careful not to trip and stumble on things. And then you, you feel the switch, you, you're, you palpate the switch, and then you flip it. And that's the reward. The light comes in. The next time you run into the, go into that same room and it's dark, how long does it take you to find the light switch? So what ends up happening is that you've memorized where the switch is. You know it's somewhere over here and you fumble around a little bit and then you finally find that light switch and you flip it. The next time you go into the room, it's a little quicker. And the next time and the next time and the next time, and I don't know if you're like me, but we have a lot of light switches in our house and I leave the house early in the morning so I know where every light switch is. I can turn it on and off without... Even thinking which switch it is, because I know exactly what each each switch does, and I know exactly where each switch is located. I can find them all in the dark. It's not even, I don't even have to consciously think about it. I do it automatically. And that's how we create a habit. So whenever you're trying to create a new habit, whether it's, you know, trying to focus on the plural <laughs> versus the singular, right? Or whether you're trying to uh you know, read more often or um, go to the gym or something. And whenever you're trying to do something new that you haven't done before, you've got to solve the problem. You've got the the idea like, oh, I would need to do this. And so you, you go out there and you crave this thing. You want the result, right? You crave this reward, like I want to be in great shape. So, uh, um, okay, my response is, okay, I got to figure out what time I'm going to go. I got to figure out how I'm going to lay my clothes out at what time, what time I'm going to wake up, how long it's going to take me to go work out, what's my workout going to be, how long am I going to be there, and, uh, you know, how you know how long am I, is it going to take me to get cleaned up and get back into my other routine and change my clothes and, and go out, off to work. So you have to solve for all of that stuff before you actually go do it. And say you go do it the first time and it works and you get to the gym and that's your reward because you completed the objective, right? And then you do it again the next day and it was smoother, it was a little quicker, it was a little easier, you weren't fumbling around as much. After you've done it for 90 days, now it's like you've got a whole new routine. You've created a whole new routine and it's very easy to do because your brain has already been there and it's skipping right through these steps automatically because your brain is all about conserving energy. Right, it has so much energy to use in a day. There's only so many problems that really has energy to solve. So therefore, we create these habits and these neural pathways that are as efficient as possible to conserve energy. Okay, so I think that's really important to know because the next point, which is point number five, um, has a lot to do with energy conservation. So point number five is against the wind. And how many people have ever walked against the wind? And what do you notice when you're walking into the wind? You got a really strong headwind, and you're walking along. What do you notice? Uh, well, it creates drag, right? It's kind of pushing you back. Um, if you walk for a long time, you don't get there as fast. You get tired more easily, and uh, yeah, it's uh, you're expending more energy to you know accomplish less, basically. So, a headwind can really uh drain you of energy so so and then the opposite is what if you turn around and you walk with the wind at your back? Well, when you walk with the wind at your back, what happens? that's so less energy you get where you're going faster, and um it's just it's just not as not as difficult you're not as tired, so it's very, very simple so how does this point apply to your life? Well, think about things where you're kind of like pushing a rope. It's the old saying. It's like, you know, you can't push a rope, and that is where you're trying super hard to do something that really just isn't gonna work. It's just not set up right from the beginning. There's you you haven't created, um, you haven't you haven't chosen well with what you're trying to do. Maybe it's not the right fit, whatever it might be, a round peg in a square hole, right? It takes tons of energy. Could you get it in there? Yeah, if you sawed it down and you you chopped it up and you could get that round peg into the square hole. Maybe if you had a hammer, you could beat it in there. But the point is, is that we want to try to do things that are in alignment and and that's super um, important, things that are congruent. When you have contradictions in your life, what happens? It leads to destruction. It leads to disappointment. It leads to problems that you create along the way that take way more energy to solve versus looking at things from a natural perspective. Um, And that is really more of the spirit-led life because if if you're walking with the spirit, it's really like taking that drag and turning it into a breeze, right? life it goes from being a drag to being a breeze because things are in alignment you're you're following the 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 will of your creator and that basically puts you in a great situation for things to go well right there's a lot less stress there's a lot less worry there's a lot less anxiety and and that is that is the beauty of understanding um what god's plan is is for all of us so uh this book has been uh really enlightening to me, and I thought I would share uh some of its content with you uh on the podcast today uh love 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 uh the fact that people are giving me books to read just because i i'm I'm very interested in learning things i'm always uh, i've always been curious and inquisitive about stuff I love adventure and sometimes reading just takes you on an adventure that you would never expect so anyway that's uh that's all for this week's edition of your weekly Limitless Life Network podcast. And I want you to tune in each and every week. Why? Because we want to keep you connected, keep you inspired, and keep you moving toward what? I want to keep you moving toward uh, the life that you deserve by, what, stripping away your limitations. We'll see you next week.